Thank you for listening to Life Church Podcast. For more information, go to lifechurchofcolumbia.org. So before you just get up and walk out on me, before you shut me off, anybody ever shut the preacher off before he gets through preaching? <laughs> Y'all don't raise your hands. Y'all are pastors. <laughs> Don't, don't shut me off. Let the Holy Spirit. Another thing I want to encourage you as your pastor, the gospel shouldn't preach condemnation, uh, shouldn't produce condemnation. It ought to produce conviction. You're not condemned, but maybe convicted. And, and, and you always should look at conviction as, yay, an opportunity to grow. Right? An opportunity to leave a lesser me for a greater me. Are y'all with me? Amen. So I'm just going to read several scriptures, Josh. Uh, before I do, I want to throw out something to you. Why don't you just sit down? I don't want y'all to be standing there so I wish he'd shut up so I could sit down. I want to ask you, I believe in crowd participation, so I usually have you high-fiving, talking to one another and this kind of thing. But I want, you to, I, want to, I want you to help me right quick. I'm going to deal with the emotions of God. I want to get you thinking this morning. Did you even know God had emotions? You better think about it before you just holler yes, because I don't think we ever stop to realize our God is very emotional. Are y'all following me? He is so emotional, it is unreal. Some people can't see God laughing. Huh? Because if you did, maybe you'd smile. I'm going to try this side. Y'all scaring me over here. Amen. You can't see God mad. You can't see God happy. You can't see God humble. He's just some being with no emotions. Can I tell you something? You got every one of your emotions from your daddy. Are y'all following me? That's where you got them from. They've been hijacked. Mm. So I want to ask y'all to help me right quick. And I need you to be loud when you say it. I need some names of God. Somebody said Allah? Abba. Oh, okay, thank you. <laughs> Every time Joshua says Abba, I'm thinking Ba. Abba. You need to say Abba. Come on, give me some names. God, listen to this. El Shaddai. Jaira. Nisi. Rafa, he's our healer. Emmanuel, God with us. The great I am. You sh she's, 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 she's preaching my message too quick. Okay, thank you. Now I need somebody to, I shouldn't have done said what I said. I need somebody to shout out some attributes of God. Oh, I knew that was going to be number one. Love. Joy. Peace, holy, long-suffering. He is perfect. He, that's where I'm going, son. Hang on to that. 
But today I want to take it just a little bit further to show you some attributes of God no one ever teaches on, nobody ever talks about. And I want to start in the book of Exodus, chapter number 34. I'm going to prove you today, and I'm just going to use these words for shock and awe. God is a God of hatred. (laughs) God is a God of jealousy. And he's very covetous. Wow, y'all are quick to catch on. All of these words have been hijacked and turned into a negative Amen. And, and we can't see our God on this. But God is so perfect that he don't have attributes. He is attributes. Me and you have the ability to love, but God is love. So when he loves, he loves so deep you can't comprehend it. Yadabosa. When he hates, He hates so deep, you can't comprehend it. Because he don't just hate, he is hate. You ever heard that one? See, you're having a hard time with it right now because our hatred has been hijacked by the devil. But there is a pure and perfect hatred that can only come from God. I feel the Holy Ghost in this place. Just stay with me. Stay with me. I promise you, we'll bring it around. Amen. Did y'all find Exodus 34? Verse number 14. For you shall worship no other God, for the Lord whose what? His name is what? Is a what? Did you see what I mean? Your name is the makeup of who you are. He didn't just say, I'm a jealous God. He said, my name is jealous. My character is jealous. You want to know why I'm so jealous? Because I love so deep. You double sigh. My my jealousy is the fruit of my love. If you're not jealous for anything, you don't love anything. If you're not passionate over anything, you don't love anything but you. Let me me give you a definition for jealous. I wrote it in my Bible. To be jealous means to be impassioned. You ought to write this one down. Jealousy is demanding what is rightfully and uniquely his. Demanding what is rightfully and uniquely His. And if you study this word deep enough, it always comes back to the Greek or Hebrew heat, hot, anger. There ain't nothing that makes God matter than when your enemy takes from Him what belongs to Him. Oh my God. Somebody got to get a hold of that, amen. How many, what would you do if a hooded masked man, amen, come into Walmart and grab one of your kids and started walking out the door? Talk to me, somebody. Hmm? Amen. Uh, 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 Would you be afraid of the masked man? 
perfect love casteth out. Are you following me? Would you, would you run from the masked man? And you don't know the man from Adam. He's never said anything to you. He's never done anything to you. You have no reason to like him or dislike him. But because of your love for what he has just taken, that measure of love has just been turned into a measure of hatred. And you're going to do whatever it takes to take his head off. And you don't care. Doesn't double. You don't care that he's bigger than you. You don't care that he's scarier than you. Is anybody in this building? your jealousy is going to rise up within you and you're going to try to destroy something that's taken something you love. You let go of things too easy because you have little love. When God God brings love back into our hearts, things that we put up with, we won't put up with anymore because the measure of love is always measured in the same measure of anger. Woo! You mess with my wife, come on. I'll hurt you. Ain't got nothing against you. Don't take it personal. It's just because I love... Are y'all listening to me? But because of my love for her, I'll hurt you. Turn the other cheek later. (laughs) God Almighty. Are y'all with me? Somebody say, God is a jealous God. Somebody say, His name is Jealous. How come nobody cried out? I know his name. His name is Jealous. His name is Jealous. He is impassioned. God is full of passion. If our God is so passionate, why are you so dead? I'm just asking some questions. If he's so full of passion, how come you're so well reserved? Because maybe you got more religion than you do relationship. I just love having a prophet. I've bounced a little of this off Scott and pulled from him the other day, whether he knew it or not. No wonder Paul said, I am jealous for you, not of you. That's different. I'm jealous for you with a godly jealousy. Paul said, I'm impassioned for you. My God, are y'all listening to me? And my love for you enables me to overlook you. (laughs) I don't know how I'm going to do this today. Can I just walk around here and, amen. My love for you helps me to overlook you. Isn't it amazing that kids in the church that get on your nerves and you leave saying, I wish their parents would do something with their kids. Everybody look straight ahead. Don't look at bombs. I wish they would do something with that brat. (laughs) But your kid can do the same thing. Ain't he so cute? Oh, I'm just, thank you, Scott. It's real, amen. Because my love for my kid enables me to overlook what somebody else can't overlook. I'm just wondering, y'all said God was long-suffering. I just wonder, where's that attribute in the church that I love you so much, I can overlook you? I can overlook the way you're acting. I can overlook the way you're treating me because my love for you. Oh, what about the scripture? Love covers a multitude of stupidity. 
That's in one of them versions, probably the message, amen. Are you listening to me? If all, if we just became love instead of taught love, if we become who he is instead of teach about who he is, amen, we would be able to cover up stuff we put on Facebook. We could cover up stuff. Is anybody in this place that splits the church? I'm talking about your God. He said, God is love. And your Bible says, he that don't love, don't even know him. Amen. You, 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 you can't look at your attendance record and see if you're a Christian. You can't see if your name is on the roll to see if you're a Christian. The only way you can know is you're a Christian is how you love one another. Because God is Oh, I feel something in this place. Oh, my Jesus. My Jesus. Let's go to Isaiah. Josh, take us to Isaiah 59, 14 through 19. I'm just going to read it on the screen. You can too if you want. But Zion said, the Lord hath forsaken me and my Lord hath forgotten me. Can a woman forget her suckling child that she should not have compassion on the son of her own womb? Yea, they may forget. Did I give you all these scriptures? I'm sorry, Josh. No, y'all get your Bibles. You stay put. I gave him the wrong. Isaiah 59. 14. I got scriptures in 49 I've been working on, but I'm not preaching that. All right, you got your Bibles and your phones now? Isaiah 59, verse 14. It says, And judgment is turned away backwards, and justice stands afar off, for truth is fallen in the street, and equity cannot enter. Yea, truth faileth, and he that departeth from evil makes himself a prey. And the Lord saw it, and it displeased him. The Lord saw it, and it made him angry that there was no judgment. And he saw that there was no man and wondered that there was no intercessor. Therefore his own arm brought salvation unto him, and his righteousness it... Come on out loud, church. It, I need that word to stick in your spirit. His righteousness sustained him. If you're taking notes, the word sustain means to prop up. It means to lean. It means to bear up. It means to carry. It means to maintain. What enabled Jesus to be able, what propped Jesus up and sustained him was his righteousness. I need you to get that. It, it held him together when everything else was trying to pull him apart. It held him steady to the course. For, and now it's going to define righteousness in 17. For he put on, bra- a breast, uh, he put on righteousness as a breastplate. He put on a helmet of salvation. Somebody say he put it on. Upon his head, he put on the garments of are y'all following me? I'm talking about your God. Now you got to understand the Hebrew writ is not written in abstracts. It's translated in abstracts because the English language is in abstracts. But the Hebrew script was written in concrete. They didn't believe in abstracts. In other words, they gave you demonstrative words to help you understand the word. Like if they were to say God was big, they would say God is a mountain. Big is abstract. 
Mountain is concrete. Follow me? So when they started talking about putting, that's why they said you put on stuff because they were saying it's more, it's more than just a word. It's something I wear. It's something that covers me. Okay? Uh, and that's you're gonna that's gonna help you in your Bible studies. Put on the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Take off anger and put on love. That's concrete. It's something that we do. It becomes part of me. My garment becomes part of so he put on vengeance. Somebody say vengeance. Now I don't know if I'm gonna get to preach it today, but I'm gonna give you the definition of vengeance. Vengeance means to inflict pain on another. In return for an injury or offense. This is what Jesus got dressed with. It's important for where we're going. To inflict pain on another in return for an injury or offense. Listen. When such affliction proceeds from a mere love of justice, it is vengeance and not revenge. Do I need to say that again? This infliction that he's coming to put on the enemy is simply a reflection of his love for justice. It's not revenge. He's angry at injustice. Oh, God, make the church mad again. He's angry at injustice. It's a disgrace to his God. So he put on vengeance. So when such affliction proceeds, I'm still reading the definition, from a love of justice, it is vengeance and not revenge, and it is warrantable and just. That's the only time it's just. It's where you, when you, when, when, that's, that's why we call it the justice system, Brother Freddie. When they break the law, they have to pay for the law they broke. Amen? If you don't maintain justice, none of us would be safe. Are you following me? It has to be maintained. Jesus put on vengeance. And he came, amen, with a hatred for injustice. Follow me now because we're going to get to you. He put on the garment of vengeance for clothing and was clad with zeal as a what? Cloak. That word means mantle. I need you, if you're taking notes, write it down. If you don't have a notebook, somebody sitting close to you, write on their britches leg right now. Wait on the mantle. Wait on the mantle. Look, I want you to see, this is Jesus coming. He's put salvation on his head. He's put a breastplate of righteousness on. He put on a garment of vengeance. And now he put on a mantle of zeal. And look at verse 18. And according to their deeds, accordingly, he will repay fury to his adversaries. Recompense to his enemies. And to the islands, he will pay recompense. And as a result, verse 19, and so they will fear the name of the Lord. From the west, his glory from the rising of the sun. When the enemy shall come in like a flood, the spirit of the Lord, excuse me, shall lift up a standard against it. God said, when I get through with my enemy, he will fear me. He will be afraid because I'm going to make him pay for what he done. 
All the things that you're discouraged that God didn't do that you think he should have done, if you only understood the emotions of God, you don't have one inkling of disappointment because it turned out like that that God does. You, you, you can't even begin to measure, amen, how discouraged and disappointed you are because the healing didn't come, the miracle didn't come, because that's what Jesus paid for. Are you following me? And it makes him mad when it don't happen. So what he says right here. He said, I sought for anybody who would stand in the gap and execute my justice on the situation, and I could not find one man that hated injustice bad enough to pay the price great enough to execute my justice. Oh my God, can y'all receive this? Okay, let's, let's go a little further. Josh, I may have gave you some of these scriptures. Um, let's look at John 2. Did I give you that? Good. Let's see if I got that right. Now, I just, I just read to you the clothes that Jesus put on to come. Vengeance, passion was the mantle. And the Jews' Passover was at hand, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem and found in the temple those who had sold oxen, sheep, and doves, and the changers of money sitting. Uh, of money sitting. And when he had made a scourge, are y'all following me? Of small cords, heat cords, he drove them all out of the temple and the sheep, the ox. He poured out the money changers, overthrew the tables and said unto them, sold doves, these things, take these things hence, make not my father's house a house of merchandise. And his disciples remembered that it was written. Let's read it all out loud together. The zeal of thine house. The word zeal and the word jealous is synonymous. Jesus said, I'm so jealous for God's house, I cannot tolerate this compromise. Luke, a lot of scriptures here. Luke 24, verse 49. And behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry you in the city of Jerusalem until you what? Come on, let me hear somebody. You know what endued means? Clothed. Terry in Jerusalem in a spirit of prayer until I clothe you with something. Somebody say, wait on the mantle. I'm going to clothe you. Don't try to clothe yourself. Kobe preached a message here while I was off preaching and I didn't get to hear it and it didn't get captured on Terry. I'm sure we're going to tap into that this morning. He said, I need you to tarry there until I clothe you, until you be endued with power from on high. Amen. I'll, I'll stop right there. Uh, can I get y'all to read one more scripture with me? Turn to Zechariah. Let me see if I can find it first. Did I give you any of that? Yeah, that's it. Zechariah 8. And let's read 1 and 2. Zechariah's just a couple chapters before the New Testament. So go to Matthew, turn left. Amen. Say hello to Malachi. 
and said, oh, yeah, Malachi, I brought my tithes when you go by there. Tell Malachi, he's, he's, he's big on you being a tither. Tell him, I brought them tithes, Mal. And then get on over to Zechariah chapter number 8. You ready? Verse number 2. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, I am jealous for Zion with great jealousy. I was jealous for her with what? Great fury. In the beginning, the Bible says, let us create man after our image and our likeness. So in other words, let's make man to look like us and let's make man to act like us. So uh, it's debatable, I guess, from uh, apologetics point of view to whether God has a body and eyes and ears and nose and a mouth and all that. Amen. But it's hard to make concrete because we know now that Jews wrote in concrete. So when they talk about the hand of God, amen, they could. Uh, we're not going there. Let's go somewhere else. Amen. It's not my point. I don't have time to fool with. But anyway, so let us make man in our image and in our Likeness. Let's make him to act like us, think like us. And man, Kamal's teaching is so deep and powerful, we would not put it on podcast, or did we? We wouldn't because we figured they'd run us out of town, but we'll get Kamal lined out. <laughs> powerful teaching on uh, the person of God being manifested in us. Amen. Uh, uh, but there was a tree that he said you can't eat from. Anybody remember that tree? The tree of what? The tree of knowledge of good and evil. Now it is a great teaching and preaching and it's all I've ever heard taught and preached until God brought my attention back to the tree. It was a teaching that the tree was put there or he would have never been able to measure the measure of love that man has. Amen. Because love is only manifested in my sacrifice. Can I get a witness? Love is only manifested in my uh, 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 desire to obey. If there had been no tree there, there'd have been no room for obedience there. So men would have been puppets on the string. So that was the only way God could give man free choice. Are y'all with me? Amen. So, so, so uh, we understand that teaching. But what's amazing to me is it could have been any tree. It could have been any tree. It could have been the apple tree, the banana tree. It could have been uh, uh, any kind of tree that God put. But it was the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. So when man was born, he was born perfect. He was born perfect. He was born a man with no self-conscious or created. He was created with no self-consciousness whatsoever. He had nothing but a God consciousness. Are y'all going to go with me this morning? I feel something explode in my gut. Amen. Or should I say spirit? He had no self-consciousness. And because of that, he had no need for hatred. He had no need for animosity. He had no need for anger. He was being protected by emotions that are so powerful. All they knew was how to love. All they knew was how to walk around naked in the presence of God because they had no self-consciousness whatsoever. Are you following me? Amen. That never knew really what love was before the fall. 
Go with me now. That have never understood the depth of love before the fall. That needs to be preached. How would we understand how far love would go unless I went so far he had to come get me? Somebody ought to say, thank you, Jesus, right there. So anyway, they had no, I mean, they were just nothing. They weren't self-conscious. They were created in the image of God. The only thing God withheld from them was anger. The only thing he withheld from them when he created them, amen, was jealousy. It was the things that was not needed because they lived in the perfect world. Are y'all going with me this morning? They lived in the perfect world, so there was no need for it. Amen. Matter of fact, they so had no anger or animosity about them that they were able to cohabitate with an evil creature. (laughs) I'm finna stretch it. Are you ready? Amen. And that's not debatable, amen, though you might have choked on it just a little bit. It's not debatable because your Bible plainly says, uh, amen, that that devil, I don't know what form he was in, but obviously he hijacked the body of some animal, amen, which we think is a snake, amen, and came to Eve. May I submit to you, he may not came to Eve one time. He may not came to Eve two times. He may have came to Eve a million times. He may have came to Eve... y'all with me this morning? I don't know. Maybe you know you can school me after the service. I don't know how many years the Satan had been cast out of heaven and living on this earth. I I don't know. All I know is you have to admit he was there. I need you to tell your neighbor he was there. Tell your other neighbor the preacher's right. Evil was there, but but Adam and Eve had no, no way to hate, no way to recognize the evil of it, no way because they had never eaten of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, so they were pure, and to the pure all things are Oh my God, he's finna, rest, uh, he's finna do some restoring in this place. To the pure, all things are pure. Amen. Are you listening to me? So there's the, 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 the it'll come out in a minute. I got so much in my spirit and so little time. Amen. Uh, uh, so, so they cohabitated with this thing. Amen. And, 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 and never told him to leave. Never had any animosity against him. They just cohabitated with the thing that probably tried time and time and time again to rob them of their godlikeness. And may I submit to you, I know we hate on Eve and we all want to give Adam a black eye when we get there. Amen. But may I give Eve just a little bit of reprieve that Satan finally figured out she is so pure, she is so perfect, so if I'm going to get her, I'm going to have to get her on her passion to be like God. Are you following me now? I can't get her in no evil way because she don't have the knowledge of good and evil. I can't tempt her with evil because, my Lord, they're running around naked and they're not even ashamed. They have no self-consciousness whatsoever. So I can't, oh, you got to catch this, Lyle. So I can't reach in her and, and get a weakness out of her to use against her because she don't have any. The only weakness she has is she's perfect. <laughs> the, 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 the only thing she has I might can work with is she is the creation of God and she wants to be like God, amen, and she just wants to be more like God. I ain't got time to preach it this morning, amen, but there is a level you're going to get to one day and when Satan can't get you with a cigarette or a beer or a joint or a cuss fit, he will get you with your own passion. 
Just put that in your, in your notebook and hold on to it because you may not got there yet, but you're going to need it. Amen. If you ever, if you do keep growing. So anyway, are y'all still okay in this place? Amen. So anyway, Satan said, I know how I'll get her. I'll tell her, I'll tell her she's going to be more like God. I'll tell her she's going to be able to know good from evil and be more like God. So she fell for the trick. Amen. She fell for the trick. And the Bible says the minute she did, Adam standing right beside, he gave it to him. And Adam ate as well. And the Bible says, as soon as you eat this, you shall surely die. Amen. For the first time in God's creation, what he loved more than anything had now been separated from him. Are you listening to me? Can you imagine the anger and the fury of the almighty God because of a jealous God, amen, something had come in and taken his most prized possession and separated it from him. Tell your neighbor, he loves you so much. He loves you so much. So God said, now you have eaten double, you have eaten of the tree of good and evil. Now you have a consciousness. They suddenly become self-conscious. Oh, God help me, Holy Spirit. They suddenly become self You better stay with me today because I'm going to help you. They suddenly become self-conscious and become ashamed that they were naked. Amen. I'm telling you, God has got to destroy this self-conscious devil that's robbing our churches. It's robbing you. You can't be happy. You can't because you're self-conscious. Everybody else owns the remote control to your emotions because we're so self-conscious. It was never the will of God. Is anybody listening to me? Well, there's going to be a mantle falling that's going to change your life. Are you ready to receive the mantle? Amen. So anyway, God said, now there's only one thing I can do. Amen. I am going to have to, to, to put a new feeling they've never had. I'm going to put enmity. Thank you. I'm going to put enmity between you and her. And he didn't stop there in the word enmity literally means hostility, hatred. It's a state of opposition. God said, if I don't put this holy hatred in you, you're going to continue to be okay cohabitating with the very thing that wants to destroy you. Help me, Holy Spirit of the living God. Amen. He said, I'm going to put enmity. But, but, but he took it to the next level. He said, I'm going to put enmity between you and her. And may I submit to you right now, this was the curse of the enemy. This was the curse of the devil. This is going to be your curse, devil. She used to could put up with you. But I'm going to put such a hatred in her that she's going to hate you so bad that not only that, I'm going to put enmity between your seed and her seed. And I thought, he done taught on the holy seed, but the devil don't have a seed. The devil don't have, he don't give birth to children. Are you listening to me? So I began to chew on it. What in the world are you talking about? God said, I'm going to run hatred so deep that everything devil, amen, everything that you produce, she's going to hate it. You're, you're the father of lies. 
I'm going to raise up a church, amen, that is generation from generation from generation from generation. That devil, it don't matter what ideal you come up with. It don't matter what scheme you bring to the body of Christ. It don't matter what new plan you give birth to. She's going to hate that seed and she's going to hate that seed. Is anybody with me in this place? And she's going to have such hostility. The church is going to have such hostility against the works of the devil. It's going to be a hatred that will not allow you to cohabitate. It's going to be a hatred that will not allow you to say, oh, well, our community's going to hell. That's a drug house. That's a crack house. That's a whore. That's a no good for nothing old drunk. He said, I'm going to put a hatred in you. And when you lay in bed at night, you're going to be saying, what can I do to destroy that crack house? What can I do to destroy the works of the devil. I can't sleep because of this hostility. Are y'all listening to me? Your problem is you don't hate enough. I can't preach it like I heard it. You don't hate enough. And here's why. Satan hijacked your emotions. He hijacked what God gifted you with. God tried to protect you from this emotion called hatred because it's so powerful. It eats people up like cancers. It causes them to kill. Is anybody listening to me? It's an attribute of God that fell into the wrong hands. It's killing the wrong people. It's killing the wrong person. It's attacking the wrong thing. My God, are y'all listening to me? And it was the attribute of God from the beginning. But Satan hijacked our emotions and now we're hating things from an impure hatred. Is anybody listening to me? Now we're despising things, amen, that God does not despise and we're embracing things that God totally hates. I wish somebody help me preach this one because it's awful heavy this morning, amen. So God said, I've got to, I've got to, I've got to get them emotions back. Because your Bible says no weapon. Come on now. I'm going to use the word. Your Bible says bliss. Is that right? I'm going to say them names until I get them. Bliss. Your Bible says no weapon formed against you can prosper. Well, why are you beat up? Not you, bliss. I mean, I'm just... If no weapon formed can prosper against me, then why am I emotional wreck? Why am I walking in defeat and discouragement? Because what that scripture means to me is Satan can't form a knife. He can't create a gun. Are you listening to me? He can't even create a situation. He can't create a flat tire to do it. He, he can't create a broke down washing machine to do it. Who am I preaching to that kicked up washer use? Are you listening to me? He, he can't make a husband so crazy to do it because he don't have the ability to form. So no weapon formed against you can prosper. So Satan said, if I'm going to prosper against you, I have to get you to lend me the power of your emotions. 
Oh God, I can't preach it like I, if I'm going to destroy you, I can only do it by hijacking your emotions. And then I'll take something so powerful and I'll turn it around and I'll destroy you with it. So if the devil is destroying you, it's because we took a God nature and we surrendered it into the into the hands of the devil and now he's using it against you. Oh God, I'm finna help myself if I don't help nobody else in this way. Can I tell you? Satan said, I'm going to, I'm going to get God. Because I'm out here and I have no power. I have no teeth. God done pulled all my teeth. I ain't got nothing. I ain't got nothing. But if I can hang around you long enough, Eve, I'm going to find a weakness in you. And when I start seeing you freaking out, amen, I can say, there's my power. There's my weapon right there. I'm going to take hold of that weapon and I'm going to turn around and I'm going to have you hating people you ought to be loving. I'm going to have you jealous of things. Is anybody listening to me of the wrong things? And you're jealous. Is going to destroy you. Oh my Jesus. Can I tell you this? You are only as saved as your emotions are saved. You better write that down. I didn't say you was going to heaven. Because God didn't save you to go to heaven. That's just some of the benefits. Salvation is to deliver you from you. But you're as only saved as your emotions and your feelings say you're saved. Oh, I'm going to have to work this. Because we've tried to separate feelings and emotions from salvation and called it faith. Can I tell you, faith cannot be separated from feelings and emotions. Oh, but the Bible says we walk by faith and not by sight. Exactly. The word walk means to be governed by. He said, so real faith is when my emotions are being governed by what I believe. Is anybody listening to me? So we've called faith that when I'm quoting scripture and I'm praying the right prayer, but my feelings and emotions are in a wreck. Is anybody listening to me? God said, I hadn't got you yet. I hadn't got you yet. You're trying by religious experience to produce a miracle. But until I get your emotions back and, and then your faith starts manifesting through your emotions, he said, it's not faith. Oh my God. No wonder the Bible says it's a peace that don't make sense. I'm responding in peace because of something on the inside. Oh my God, are y'all catching this? Are y'all catching this? So, so we've, we preach the gospel. It don't matter if you don't feel it. Oh, next week's going to be deeper, y'all. Y'all get ready for next week. It don't matter if you don't feel it because we walk by faith, not by sight. I'm going to prove to you if your faith is not being expressed by your feelings and emotions, it's not faith, it's religion. In patience and endurance, you possess your 
feelings and emotions. Is anybody listening to me? And that's why we're not getting miracles and that's why we're not getting prayer answer, but we haven't understood up to this point because I quoted the scripture, amen, and I stood on one foot and I spun around in a circle and I fasted three days. I fasted five weeks, but on the inside, I was in turmoil the whole time. God said, I'm finna get your emotions back. Wait on the mantle. Go tarry in Jerusalem. It's gonna be satire. Go tarry in Jerusalem because I'm finna clothe you with the emotions of God. Oh my God, it's so freeing. It's like he preached last week. You can't sin if you're born again. If you can sin habitually and willfully, you've never been saved. Oh, that boy's going to teach that. I'm going to be out of the pulpit for a while here pretty quick. He's going to teach that stuff. But God said, I, I need, I got to get your emotions back. I know I got you, but I never intended for you to live in bondage trying to quote some scriptures amen and you've made it okay to separate your feelings from your faith and it cannot be separated I need you to get that right there you separated your emotions from your faith amen he said but when I get your emotions back you'll quit fighting you and start fighting the devil you double shot right now you're so busy fighting you and your inability to love and your inability is anybody listening to me why am I like I am I'm discouraged disappointed they hurt my feelings he said I need you to tarry I need you to tarry until this mantle falls I need you to tarry until what I'm wearing is taken off and I'm going to throw it down on top of you I need you to stay there till I clothe you with my emotions Oh my God, this is so liberating to me. You mean I don't have to work up? I don't have to work up love? If you did, it's false. And if you worked it up, you're only going to hold it up so long. But if you'll tear in Jerusalem, if you'll go to the quiet place, some of y'all are trying to kick addictions by the work of the flesh. You'll never kick an addiction by the work of the flesh. All you got to do is wait on the mantle. Go to the high place. Go to Jerusalem. Go to Jerusalem and tear it down until I and then all of a sudden you come out and you can't be a drunk no more why because your feelings and emotions are saying something else I was a drunk I was losing my family y'all know my testimony amen and the next beer I popped was I don't want that anybody ever been addicted to cigarettes anybody still it no don't answer that one amen Part of the addiction is grabbing it. Part of it's grabbing it. Of course, y'all didn't carry y'all's cigarette in your front pocket, did you? Like Patty did. Can y'all see Patty smoking? She was a smoker. Are you listening to me? But your body is still sometimes reaching for what you used to be addicted to. But if you've really been born again, your emotions and feelings cringes. Ah, oh, is anybody listening to me? This ain't no ball and chain. If you'll stay in the secret place long enough, he's going to throw a mantle on you. Somebody say, wait on the mantle. Oh my God, I didn't get to preach it. I skipped half my sermon. Amen. But we saw what Jesus was wearing in his first debut in the temple. He walked in there to preach. And they're buying and selling and compromising. You hear me? And that beloved Abba, did you call him a while ago? I'm not making fun of you. The rabbi in the robe. 
You know the rabbi y'all see in the robe with long hair holding the sheet? That one. Kissing babies. He was sitting on the steps planting a whip. Is anybody listening to me? And he was just a rocking. He was just a, I don't know how long it took him to make that thing. And the disciples standing over there saying, hmm. Is this going to be an illustrated sermon? Like you ain't never seen. <laughs> he said, well, amen, amen. And, 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 and they weren't even sure yet who he was, if he was who he said he was, because they just started this journey with him. Amen. But they was, he was wearing something. He was eat up with something. He had something burning within him. He wasn't sitting around saying they shouldn't be doing that. Amen. They should, he, said, he was flatting a whip. Amen. And he began, the fury of God was unleashed. Is anybody listening to me in this play? I'm talking about the robe rabbi. He's running them out. And all of a sudden, they said, oh, my God. Now we know. Now we know. It said they remembered the scripture. The zeal of your house has eaten me up. Can I help somebody in this place right now? And Jesus, he exposed his zeal. And the Bible says he triumphed. He come to destroy the works of the enemy. He triumphed over the devil, making an open spectacle out of him. Triumphing. Amen. Is anybody listening to me? While we were seeing a robed savior, devil was seeing a warrior with a mantle. And it said, it was that mantle that sustained him. You know what kept him passionate? You know what kept, you know what held him to that cross? Everybody said, oh, it was the love God he has for the people. Well, that's, that's, that's a half truth. But the whole truth is, it was his love for justice. Because he come to restore the justice of God. It said it sustained him. You know why you start things and don't finish them? Because you ain't got enough hatred. Well, this is a first, isn't it? You're not jealous enough. Because the devil has hijacked our emotions. And we don't have a problem hating people. And being jealous of people. When God don't hate nobody. He hates the injustice that Satan is using against you. Is anybody listening to me? Amen. And you got a bunch of emotional, I'm just going to condense this message down and we'll take off next week. Does everybody believe the disciples were saved? It's not a trick question. I just, surely they were saved. They were followers of Jesus. Matter of fact, they did signs, wonders, and miracles. He blew on them, gave them a little down payment of the Holy Spirit. But isn't it amazing? When Jesus told them they're going to kill me, Peter said, not on my watch. <laughs> mm -mm, ain't happening. He had an emotion that had been hijacked by the devil. And when they come to get him, he took that sword and cut the soldier's ear off in defense of the Christ. Jesus picked it up and put it back on. Saved. Saved. Cutting ears off. 
Y'all can't say nothing, but I'm talking about a whole lot of y'all right now. <laughs> I didn't say he wasn't saved. I'm just saying God's finna pull somebody to another dimension. Saved. Was he saved? Was Peter saved when they was beating Jesus? And he's standing out there scared to death. You might well say amen because I'm preaching the character and the conduct of 80% of the church, if not more. I'm saved, but I'm, you know what? I'm going to hang back. That hurts. <laughs> I'm going somewhere. Stay with me. Was he saved when that little... Little girl said, ain't you one of him? Them? No, uh-uh. I'm not one of them. Was he saved? <clears throat> Was he saved? When they kept on pushing him till he started losing a little bad language. Shake your neighbor and say, he may be talking about you. I, I, I know it ain't you, but it might be your neighbor. I'm going somewhere now. That's just making it real uncomfortable. Y'all feeling this awkward spirit? Saved, but emotional wrecks. Emotionally dysfunctional. That anything contrary to me blows me out of the water. Anything that ain't going the way I want it to go, blows me out of the water. And the, all the time, he's standing out there in the shadows looking at emotions controlled by God. Standing in the shadows somewhere watching a Jesus die on the cross saying, Father, forgive them because they don't know what they do. And the majority of the church has got so much unforgiveness in their hearts that you can't even mention certain names without their spirits hitting the ground. I'm preaching better than y'all shouting. But it's okay because it's normal. It's normal. I'm so sick of carnal another Christianity with cliche. Oh, I forgive you, but I ain't going to forget it. Somebody just said Guilty. Uh, ain't you glad? You know what your, Jesus said? He said, I'm going to cast your dysfunction and your sin and your offense as far as the east from the west. Is anybody in this place? Ain't you glad? Jesus didn't say, you know what? I'm going to forgive you, but I'm always going to remember what you, I'm going, I'm going to be ready for you. You, oh my God, I'm preaching right now. Uh, I got to love you, but I ain't got to like you. Somebody help me preach right now. I feel the anointing. Amen. Are you listening to me? Emotions have been hijacked. And as a result, everybody's got to walk on eggshells. Everybody's got to say the right thing. Everybody's got to do the right thing. Why? Amen. Because the devil has got your emotions. Amen. And he'll just use them against you and he's destroying you. And ain't nothing no more, no more, no more uh, uh, aggravating as the fact that I know I shouldn't feel this way. That's what makes it bad. I didn't have, I didn't have a problem being stupid when I was a sinner. I was just stupid and proud of it. 
and told them a thing or two. I cussed them till a fly wouldn't land on them. I don't know what that means. You ever heard that? I don't know what that means. I cussed them till a fly. Blah, 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 blah. Is anybody listening to me? Amen. It didn't bother me a bit. But now that I'm saved, I know I can't cuss you till a fly lands on you. So I let my emotions do all the work while I kept my teeth. Is anybody listening to me? Or, and, and then get in here and say, He whom the sun sets free. Oh my God, this wasn't so real, it would be sad. Are you listening to me? Uh, hey, glory, preach it, brother. Preach it, brother. Yeah, preach it, all right. Are you listening to me? And we're just as big of an emotional wreck as Peter ever was. And if you ain't careful, you'll get your ear cut off. And we call this Christianity, and it's normal. You want to know why? Because we don't know many people who live like Jesus. We don't know many churches that's manifesting the nature of God. And you want to know why we have it? It's because we don't know how to tarry. I want somebody to cast it out of me. I want somebody to counsel it out of me. Amen. Can I tell you something dysfunctional, Peter? You cannot, God cannot put new wine in old wineskins. And we're just trying to conform a mind. To be able to produce the nature of God. He preached it. It cannot be done. But by the Holy Spirit of God. So if you. So he said look guys. I I don't need y'all to go into ministry. Until you get dressed right. We need to start following that at Life Church. Some of you we try to stick in ministry. To get you to act right. (laughs) Oh God things is changing. All right, let's get you in ministry. And maybe you'll study. Huh? Let's, let's get you to preach and maybe you'll pray a little bit. Oh my God. I didn't know this was going to be so mean. Is that an attribute of God mean? I want to find it. <laughs> he said, before you go anywhere and do anything or say anything, go wait on the mantle. Go wait on the mantle. I'm going to help somebody in the closing of this sermon. I need you to go wait on the mantle. Because you cannot produce what I... Because I just didn't save you to go to heaven. My plan was to restore your emotions and your feelings. Oh God, this has got to help somebody. You mean I'm not supposed to be struggling with emotions and feelings all the time? Hear me, I'm preaching good news. Absolutely not. You mean I'm not supposed to be having to try to make myself do and make? Absolutely not. Oh, somebody help me. He said, I want your feelings and emotions to be so in line with me that you love what I love, you hate what I hate. Is anybody in this place? It's a natural response that you ain't got to say, oh God, I shouldn't be looking at that. I shouldn't be. He said, abhor, hate the very appearance of evil. Isn't this cool? He said, your problem is you're trying to generate emotions that are fallen. So I need you to go tarry. I don't need you to go to a seminar. I think you said, I don't need you to take another Bible class, even though we're big on that around here because we got Mr. Teaching Guru. 
You know what I'm saying? You, you, you don't need, and, and we're all about the word. Don't get me wrong. But the problem is we're trying to train fallen emotions and feelings and we thought that was the way it's supposed to be. And we call ourselves spiritual if I maintain my anger, if I didn't say it, but I really wanted to. Is anybody listening to me? And my Bible says, as you're thinking in here, so are you. No matter what you do or don't do. So he said, I want you to go tarry until you be endued with power. And Jesus is standing on the mountain and he's ascending. I'm now with you, but I shall be in you. And so they went to a 10-day prayer meeting. And amen. And I can just see Jesus up there taking the mantle off. Are you listening to me? He's taking off that mantle of zeal. He's taking off the mantle of everything that he is. And they're in an upper room for 10 days. And Jesus throws that mantle down. On the, when the day of Pentecost was fully come, there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, cloven tongues like as a fire set upon each and every one of them. Are you listening to me? All they did was pray. I ain't got time to preach it, but they also brought order. They spent 10 days bringing order back. I come this morning to bring order back to the house of God because until you get in order, you can't receive the mantle. They took 10 days voting to get the number 12 back. I ain't got time to fool with that. Getting things back in line. And that same dysfunctional, short-tempered, ear-cutting, cussing, Peter came out of a prayer closet with a boldness he could not have never conjured up. Oh my God. With feelings and emotions that were now that used to make him cower and, 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 and pro pro protect himself. Just now he's got the zeal of God, the passion of God, and the vengeance of the Spirit. And he's preaching the Jesus you killed is the same Jesus whom God raised from the dead on the third day. Is anybody listening to me? Are y'all catching it? The reason you're an emotional wreck is because you don't know how to tarry. You got to stay there. And you got to stay there. You don't have an addiction problem. You have a tearing problem. You don't have a temper problem. You got a tearing problem. You don't have an emotional dysfunction problem. You got a tearing problem. Because the more you tarry, the more he changes you. And all of a sudden you start hating the things that used to be a temptation to you. God, can y'all receive this? God's turning the water into wine. But we, because of the lack of the spirit of vengeance, we live with a perplexed mind. We live without peace. We cohabitate with anger that is dysfunctional. Are y'all out there? Am I right about it? And you didn't know what to do about it till today. 
Can I tell you, you don't even need to be anointed again. You don't need to be prayed over again. Jesus could have laid hands on all of them, but he said, you just go tarry until the mantle falls. The reason you're an emotional wreck is because you did not wait. I wanted to preach Isaiah, is it 40, 31? They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They'll mount up with wings as eagles. If you'll listen to your pastor today, I'm going to save you so much fretting and working and fighting. You only got one thing you need to do. Go back to Jerusalem. Go back to the place of prayer and tarry there. Until. Until all of a sudden your passions start changing. That person you hated, you start seeing from different eyes. That thing that you think you dislike that's in your life right now, you really wish you could get rid of it. You really do. It started off as pleasure, but now it's become your slave master. That's the way it always is. And now you don't really like it, but the problem is you don't hate it. And you can't hate it because you can't conjure up the emotion to hate it. But if you'll stay there, if you'll wait on the mantle, then God and a love for God will so swallow up that thing that you won't need somebody holding you by the hand to keep you from doing it anymore. Thank you for listening to Life Church Podcast. For more information, go to lifechurchofcolumbia.org.